This is John Mitchell. You're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. I'm J-Mag. Well, how about that? The streak is finally over. Our first nil-nil at the cottage since 2011 against Aston Villa. See you in another nine years. Perhaps a blessing that no fans ended up to see this one. A mixed bag this game, for although we worked hard and could have made a big jump up the table, a point seems somehow oddly satisfying after a strong 20 minutes in the second half under the cosh from Brighton. Was it a livable hangover? What cutting edge was needed to grab a full three points? And is Newcastle our time for our second convincing win of the season? Let's ask some ordinary people. Joining me are Morgan Colton and Matt Dobb. Let's chat. Fulham. Right, guys, nice late recording for us tonight, straight after the game. I'll just go to each of you first with your thoughts on this draw. Uh, Morgan, what are your thoughts? Because, I mean, it feels like we wanted this to begin with. I just listened to uh, Joachim Anderson's comments after the match, and, you know, he was very, very good as a captain and said how we wanted to win this game. But looking back at it, I think I would have taken a point on this, right? What about you? No, I think I wanted the win. Um, obviously, I want the win. But I think it was a game uh, when we look back at the a season's results, uh, we need to be beating teams like Brighton if we are to stay up. They are one of those teams in that area. Um, obviously, a draw against Liverpool, yes, definitely take it. A draw against Brighton, it's yeah, slightly less uh, less attractive. But given how the game panned out, I would say, you know, we'll come on to it, but I'd say, you know, happy with the point. Um, but no, I, I thought we should be going out to win that game. And even though we started off in those, as soon as uh, the game kicked off, we seemed to be going for the jugular straight from the out, uh, straight from the yeah. whistle. But it only lasted for, you know, a couple of minutes. And then Brighton got their game together. They were very organized and... They just sort of, uh, you know, it just cancelled each other out for large portions of that first half. So, yeah, I wouldn't have taken a draw at the beginning, uh, but at least we've come out of it with a clean sheet and a point. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned those first 30 seconds from, you know, from us, from us. It was really good attacking intensity. Uh, And then it just turned into this really sluggy mid cagey battle for the first 45 minutes. Do you think the leapfrogging the table pressure came across this half, Dom? Uh, Do you think that maybe we... We we had a maybe slight Liverpool hangover from the result that we had. Yeah, I think possibly. I think you you could see towards the end that um, there was a lot of tired legs out there. But correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is the first this is the first midweek Premier League game we've had this season. Um, yeah, there might is. there might be another one, but it's it's not a lot of games compared to compared to the likes of Liverpool, and it might be the fact that. Again, apart from um, was it one change? It's the same lineup. Uh, they did look tired, and I would have liked to have seen certainly Mitro start because, well, look at last time we played them, he absolutely bullied them off the park. Um, even in the game before we, we threw it away at the Amex in the last Premier League season, he bullied them again. Um, and when he came on today, he he bullied them, and they they were scared, and that was the only time their defence was really under pressure. Mm-hmm in the game so yeah i think i think if mitra was fit which you have to assume he was, he is fit if he's on the bench i think i think parker's dropped the ball there i think he should have started um and mm. it's a game where we don't want to set up to counter attack we've had three in a row 
where we did need to set up like that and we we looked good but um just because they played well doesn't mean you have to keep keep the same lineup i, I think it just it, it we should have had a different approach this time because initially brighton were the team sitting back and looking to counter us but as the game wore on they realized they can go on and win this and we we got away with it we really did get away with it today well morgan other than the shot from cavalero and um and March Curler, which were both, you know, good saves. Uh, is there anything you noticed this up? What did you think we needed to improve? From the lineup that's Dom saying he'd like Mitro to start, uh, we had Reed on for Lamina instead this game. And actually, when Lamina came on the second half, you could see how much better I think we looked in possession. But I just like your thoughts. Is anything you would have changed after looking at the lineup? Something that would have made us maybe a bit more attacking against Brighton in this half, more entertaining? Well, I know I kind of, I think if um, Mitro was. Uh, just recovered from his knock that apparently kept him out of the Sunday game, then I'm not surprised that he didn't start. Yes, the game probably could have done with him, but only if he was fully fit. I mean, we only saw him 15 minutes or so, so we can't really Mm. say that he was fit or not. I think um, the lineup that we had, yes, it is a counter-attacking team, but we have some quick players there in Lookman and Cav. Cav. And then, obviously, uh, Loftus-Cheek is there to do the kind of the Mitro bullying. Um, and so I think it was set up possibly in a way that, you know, we played very well with that system. Therefore, why shouldn't it be, you know, even more effective against a team like Brighton? Uh, but realistically, they just cancelled us out and we couldn't get going because they were as organised as we were. And that mm. first half, I mean, after Brighton got their foot on the ball, they looked the more threatening side. I mean, Welbeck probably should have scored. Um, when he air shot, uh, but he, you know, but the we just couldn't get going essentially, and it was a bit like that for the whole game. But that first half, I mean, the first corner came in the forty-second minute, and that shows you the kind of game that it was. It was just slow. It was patient, but no one really made a mistake, and that's the thing. Yeah. We had to. We were going to rely on someone's mistake in order to make the breakthrough, and vice versa. And you know, well, I you know. All credit to Scott and his coaching team. They've managed to drill us in to uh, into a system that has led to far fewer mistakes. We do not no longer look completely out of place in this league. And whether that's the change in personnel or they just finally clicked with the system, I don't know. But you'd have to look at the um, the back three and go, actually, no, that is a change in personnel, and they're clearly not what they're doing now. Mm. Well, you mentioned you mentioned the forty-two minute first corner. I mean, in the second half, it was a flipping corner orgy. I mean, for a forty from the forty-seven minute on, I mean, the second half was completely, completely different. I mean, we saw Brighton's quality hugely this game, and uh, and our hangover kicking in. What do you think, Dom, was the cause of this? I mean, they they were just all over us, like white on rice, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess you just you have to assume that. Potter went in at half time and said, They've set up to not lose this game. Let's take it to them. It kind of felt like that because they came out pressing much higher at the pitch and a lot more chances yeah. and you know, winning a lot of corners. And that's that's where they're a really a real threat because they won a hell a hell of a lot of headers in the box. And on another day, it could really we could have been three 0 down in that second half after that. Well, you were getting very frustrated with Anderson not being marked, I remember you saying. <laughs> oh, not, but, uh, not Anderson, beg your pardon, uh, Lewis Dunk. You were getting infuriated uh, by him not being marked enough. I mean, I get, I get, he's a giant, 
but um <laughs> we've got we've got a couple of giants. I mean Adrobai is probably the same height as him, so I don't know. He they they won too many headers in our box for my liking. And as I said, I think you know they hit the underside of the bar. The dunk had a had a chance that was well saved. It, it, we could be talking about a very different result. So we 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 got lucky really. And I, I'd home home against Brighton isn't the sort of game we should be thinking we got away with it because, as you said right. earlier, that's our that's our bread and butter results. A win against Leicester is a bonus. A draw against Liverpool is a bonus. We need to be beating five or six teams at the bottom and Brighton right. are one of them at the moment and I, I just don't think we I don't think we set up to do that and that's really frustrating yeah I th- I th- you know obviously there was the um the disallowed goal as well I mean that came off the back of pretty poor defending uh there wasn't you know we were lucky that Lalana was offside or it was a handball or both but yeah we just came out in that second half and it sort of had a fairly similar resemblance to last time we played them at the cottage in the league when they were 2-0 up at half time and then they crumbled in the second half that's and right i think it was about the same time of year as well because i remember it was snowing uh and it was in january wasn't it, it was uh february but the the way that we didn't seem to have started in the second half was quite concerning it sort of harked back to a few weeks ago when we started off matches in that way but we rode it out, and yes, those twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes before uh, the subs are made, which you know the subs seem to calm things down a bit, broke the play up. But we were lucky not to concede. I think if we conceded one, given the way we were playing, we probably would have conceded two. But we need to make sure that those mistakes don't happen, or that that halftime team talk, whatever he's saying to him, they come out again, all guns blazing or at least make sure that they're switched on because we cannot do that against better teams because we will get punished. Mm. I mean, you mentioned the double substitution. I mean, when it's a double sub, you know that obviously Parker's thinking we're in a bit of trouble here. Um, he brings on Lamina for Harrison Reed, and, and I thought actually that helped us a lot. I thought Lamina yeah. controlled the game a lot more and we actually felt ourselves back in possession a lot more. And I don't think that was a coincidence with Lamina being on the pitch. But you had AK-47 for Bobby Reed. Um, AK-47, <laughs> I mean, yeah. These guys to laugh right now, listeners, because uh, I, I defend I defend this man too much when I know that he's not great. But 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 to see him as a... As a as a flying fullback, it's quite it's quite an alarming sight, isn't it? Isn't it? Dom, I remember you just saying this is this is not going to go well. But I mean, he managed to get away with it. But some of his movement was pretty uh, pretty wayward. <laughs> like if if he has to play, and I get that he doesn't have to play. Why is he on the pitch? Because, if if he has to play, because because there simply aren't enough players to make the bench without him, hmm. then then so be it. But at least play him up front when there's no other striker on the pitch, right? Because mm. <laughs> I wrote down his um, his first two contributions. One was um, the ball lumped right into the air, landing on his head. He didn't have to move and he missed the header. And then <laughs> a few seconds after that, he got nutmegged. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And then after that, <laughs> very, very, very little... Uh, in a way of a good impact. To be fair to him, he did make a run and he almost outpaced their left back 
Um, but then the ball got it. stuck under his feet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the ball, ball went off, I believe. Stuck under his feet, and uh, he he kind of um, fumbled around, and then he, I, I don't think he fell over, but he may as well have done. Gave, gave away uh, throwing. Is, me, is yeah, that that that. you know, at least it wasn't a penalty. Um, he he's just he's just not good, is he? He he. Just, I can we... I can see. I see. The thing is, and. I see why he comes onto the pitch because a player in that mould is incredibly useful if they're not absolute dog shite. But unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Right. And, but he's just like, well, if you, if you have an Adama Traore in that thing, that's kind of the, the, the similar player you're going for because he is strong. He is quick. But I think I think you need to apologise to every Wolves fan out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, because they don't really know who he is, and I he, they will never sign him um, because <laughs> they have good scouts. So I'm sure their stat system is a bit more up to date than our one. But <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Look, you, you've had enough. You've had enough. He's had enough. Everyone, just just leave him alone now. I, I feel like um, sign up look, to our Patreon account for here an even longer one. <laughs> no, 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 no. What, what, look, when. <laughs> To have him as a as a as a right foot, um, wing back was a very strange uh, thing to see. I always feel sorry for AK forty seven in lots of ways because one, I don't think uh, he can help that he's subpar in a few matches. Um, it's not his fault he gets picked, but also, I mean, he was bought originally as a centre forward, and since then he's been played as a right winger and now a right foot, you know, wing back. And I, I feel kind of sorry for the guy. And I, 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 will, I will I will I will agree with that. I will I will back you up on that. He is not. A right wing back, but then again, is Bobby Reed? Um, but I would have put Cav there. I would have put Cav on the right wing back role, and I would have put AK. No, I wouldn't have put AK up right. front. But I guess he was on the pitch, so yeah, up there. You have to. Way. I, I would. Have. Um, I would have put. I would have put at right back and not played with the wing back because you bring yeah, Kamara well. and then you've got you've got. Technically, we had the players to play four four two if we were going for the win there. Um, AK up front, well, but AK up front could put Cavalera on the right. We've got um, Bobby Reed. I think he was in, or did he come off? I can't remember. Anyway, that don't oh, play AK <laughs> right wing back. I think the worrying <laughs> oh. thing about the um, the, the worrying thing about the um, uh, the Bobby Reed substitution, aside from who he came on came off for, um, was the fact that he was limping quite badly uh, at the end of the game. And so, right. you know, he's done incredibly well since he's been moved to that position. And he's, you know, pr- not proved a lot of doubt is wrong, but he certainly um, made us realize that he is a decent player and he does have the work rate for that particular role. And him and, uh, him and Robinson both have it, which is great. And we need him there. But hopefully if Tete's back, that means that either Tete Aina can play there and hopefully, yes. you know, that won't cause too much of an issue. Seeing, it might seem Bobby a bit further up the pitch. I get you. I, I feel, I thought Robinson looked very leggy at towards the end of the game. He looked absolutely knackered, didn't he? He had a little scuffle with Ben White at one point. It looked like sort of like a friendly sort of uh, interaction. And then he saw Ben White sort of gave him a bit of cynicism at the end. I, I thought Robinson looked really tired towards the end. Hopefully nothing too permanent. But what were your thoughts on Robinson in this game? I, I remember someone in our group saying that they feel like, Robinson's end product further up the pitch it, it is isn't good enough. I don't know if I fully agree with that. What are your thoughts, Dom? I see you nodding away there. Yeah, I I do agree. His end product isn't good enough. Um, he, 
he, he very rarely connects well with the cross. It goes, he, he puts it out for a goal kick a lot. Um, but when I consider compare him to to Joe Bryan, I think he's he's better in every other way. Uh, he's he's faster, he's stronger, he's he's better positionally. He he's better defensively. So apart from his end products at the other end uh, end of the pitch, it's it, it's Robinson. So he has to play for me. Um, I think he's a big part of why why we've, we've looked so much better defensively because he can he can bomb up and down that line and he really helps out in defence. Um, but but having said that, we 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 need one of the wing backs to to be more attacking. And if we're playing that way, and I don't know, I I, I think I think it's hard. He, he did look leggy, but I think he looked I think he looked more tired than anything. He's played a lot of football recently. I think one of the things you got to remember about that role is that it's a lot more intense than being just an outright winger. So whilst, yes, they are professional footballers and their job is to keep fit, through two games in the space of, what are we, three days, three, four days, uh, that's, you know, 180 minutes of basically being at 100% for those, you know, for the whole of those games. And, the, you know, the conditions looked a bit heavy. I mean, the pitch was looking at not quite as sleek as it has done in recent times. And you just wonder if it was, uh, you know, maybe the grass was a little bit longer today or something like that. Maybe it was just finding a, they're going a little bit tougher than usual. But mm. he has been very good. And I think he's adapted incredibly well to the Premier League, having played for, well, I guess, you know, Wigan were a mid-table championship team before the points deduction. But right. you can see why um, someone like AC Milan was coming in for him because there's an incredible amount of talent in that player. And his speed is, you know, just one of his assets. And I think he will get better at his uh, attacking distribution. But it certainly is the weakest part of his game at this point. So I think the long, the more of a run he gets in the team, the better he'll get at it. And I'm sure on the training ground they are working on it. But he does, you know, Joe Bryan does that possess that bit. He just doesn't possess quite the same defensive ability as him. But at this point, when we are where we are in the league, we need players that can defend. And their attacking side is possibly a bit of a bonus, really. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I kind of think the reason that a lot of the players were looking so tired as well is it kind of goes back to the fact that a it's good to have a consistent lineup, but the the kind of downside to that is that you get players who play ninety minutes consistently and and might start to look tired, uh, and I think. I think there's enough of a squad there that we could play differently at home against teams we're expected to beat than uh, you know at home against Liverpool or away to someone like City. I think there's enough options in our squad that we could rotate and keep the players a bit more fresh because <laughs> I can't remember what the next game is. Is it the weekend uh, in Newcastle? Um, it is, yeah. Newcastle on Sunday. If that same lineup plays again, some of them are going to start looking really, really tired, I think. I think um, yeah. that's probably why Lamina didn't start and uh, Reed did because their particular role, being that you know that ball-winning defensive midfielder, I think that's the role they need to kind of keep fresh for as much as anything because they have to be you know fully concentrated the whole time, reading the game completely and getting in there for sort of all the you know all the fifty balls, all the tackles, whatever. And I think 
Lamina came off against Liverpool around the same time that Reed came off today. So I think maybe he's just trying to cre- keep that particular role fresh, which is why we did see the change, because Lamina was great against Liverpool. There was no reason to suggest that he, he should have been um, replaced. But I can see, because they're two very similar players who both have incredible work rates, I think you know that might be just a, a rotation that we see fairly regularly in order to make sure that we don't have a tiring player um, covering the centre-backs. Right. I- I've got to say, I found... Watching this game, I was more relieved at the draw than I was at Liverpool in a way that I, I found this was a tougher shift than Liverpool. But I think that's purely because our attackers weren't as vigorous as they were against Liverpool. So so there wasn't as much to do for our defence potentially that game. I, I've got to mention, going back to Robinson, he made a very, probably the best chance of the game in the 83rd minute. Oh, no, excuse me. He uh, made a chance in the 67th minute. He made a throw to Rufus Cheek, who... Webster slips up to and Cheek is on goal and he unfortunately hits the goalkeeper's legs and I feel like this is the type of mistake that a proper experienced Prem team would punish immediately and I just want to know your brief thoughts on how you think Loftus-Cheek was this game and the last game because for me I'm starting to think he's a little bit passenger I know the the pundits on Amazon were thinking he had a very game and is coming you know coming in his own but I think that Chelsea top six bias there and for the Euros, England international. But I just want to know what your thoughts on Loftus Cheek are because I wasn't, I'm not too sure about his role still at the moment. I wasn't really, just so disappointing he missed that chance. I, I, I think he looks a long way off that England squad, doesn't he? Um, mm. it, it's tricky because we know we know how good a player he is. And I've got a good good friend who's a Palace fan and absolutely loves him for the, for the how, how good he was there before his injury. Um, but that chance, like how quickly did, um, was it white? One of the, one of the defenders anyway, who caught him up so quickly that he, ideally he's taken another couple of touches and slotted it past the keeper, but he had to shoot from basically mm. the edge of the box because if he'd taken one more touch, then the defender would have got there. Um, fair enough. He may, he may not be fully match fit, but he just looks a bit languid to me. I don't know. I, <laughs> What I expect him to be good at is similar to the Mitro role where he can bring it down, uh, control it tightly and play play off uh, to to another player. And that, that, signed of, that kind of magnet, you know, in, in the number 10 role and we can play around him. But he doesn't seem to do that very well. He's not particularly fast. He doesn't seem to win enough headers and he's not, he doesn't seem strong enough for his size. I, I don't know. It's, it's, I disagree. I I think he's definitely strong. I think that's not, I don't think strength is his issue. I think pace definitely, because I mean, he was clean through then. I mean, if Cavalero or Lookman are in that position, they score. You know, they. Yeah, he's quick. Quick Finishing, though. He's certainly, he's certainly quicker. He certainly, he would have been quick enough to get away from that centre back. I think he'd have missed it from closer to goal. (laughs) <laughs> he may have missed it, but you know, ignoring his uh, deficiencies as a finisher. Um, okay, <laughs> no, I, th- I think I think he would have scored that. I think Lookman definitely would have scored it. I think Kamar. No, I think um, you know he <laughs> just did not. He did not. Damn it! He, I don't know if it was a lack of confidence in front of goal. The, the thing is, Brighton were playing their second choice keeper today. That young guy Sanchez, who came in for Matt Ryan, who was you know, a great keeper himself, but you've got to be testing that keeper more. That's a young keeper who hasn't had many 
Premier League appearances. I think he's only had one this season against Spurs. And we just didn't uh, test him enough. We had that chance, Cav- the Cavalero one in the first half, which made a good save, and the Lookman one, very which, again, was a decent save and very brave on the follow-up. But if you peppered in more shots in that game, it would have, you know, eventually one would have gone in. But we just did not do enough of that. And it were, it seemed very similar back into the days of last season when we were had, you know, all that possession and just weren't shooting enough. Uh, in this case, you know, yeah. we didn't obviously have all quite as much. But I think, you know, Loftus-Cheek should have been scoring that. He knows he should have been scoring that. And whether it's a lack of match sharpness, although he's, you know, he's played a few games now. I don't think he's really got that excuse. And that should be bread and butter for any Premiership player, Premier League player, especially when you're on 120k a week. Yeah, that is a chance you should be scoring. For sure. I mean, also, I mean, it, it, hit, it hit Sanchez's legs as well. I mean, it was arguably a very lucky, lucky save as well. I, 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 you mentioned that chance. Aim at. That's, that's yeah, true. That's true. Play down the middle. Yeah. I, I, you mentioned that Lookman chance where, you know, had a chance, hits the key and he tries it again. It was uh, with a bit of Mitro link-up play there. Uh, Mitro headed it to him, I believe. Uh, what did you think of Mitro's appearance this game? I mean, we talked about his lack of fitness and, you know, he was on the sidelines with a sort of elastic band around his legs, taking the slowest sort of steps forward and steps <laughs> backwards I've ever seen. Almost looked quite comical to me. But, um, yeah, uh, Mitrovic, this game, do you think he... Sh- I don't think he showed why he's worth a start, really. Did he, Dom? I mean, I know it's limited, but he just still looked kind of starved up there. I don't know. I, th- I think he did. I thought he played well. I, I think um, when he came on, all of a sudden their centre-backs had something to think about. Uh, in the first half and, well, all the time before Mitro came on, really, they could just sort of cover the space behind them. And they didn't. if they didn't let Cavalero in behind, if they didn't let Lukman in behind, then there was no danger. Um, but all of a sudden, we've got a striker who can win a header. Uh, who can push them around a bit? And they, there were some some scrappy clearances. There was some, uh, <laughs> you know, he pushed them around. He won ahead and then got back into the box and put the, put put his header wide. I think it was deflected after that. That was a decent chance for him. And and he he set up Lookman with a with another with another header. I think get Mitra in the box, get the ball in and around the box, and chances happen. Um, mm. you know, that that Lukman chance would have been a fantastic finish if he if he'd got it in. It was a difficult angle to score from, but we don't create that chance if if Mitro is not on the pitch. Simple as that. And and he he would finish he would have finished that chance that went to Loftus Cheek as well. I have absolutely no doubt about that. Um, I I think if he's fit to play, then you have to start with him uh, at home against a team that you, you really need to need to beat because he's he's the, he's the best weapon we've got in the box. I think if he is, if it was just a minor knock and he was just being careful with him today, I think we see him replace Loftus-Cheek on Sunday or Saturday, Sunday, whenever we're playing Newcastle. Yeah. I'd like uh, Because Loftus-Cheek, it kind of looks like he's trying to do something similar to Mitro, but yeah, I can see that. he yeah. hasn't really worked so far. And I think if we put um, we have Cav or whoever is going to play in that position and Lookman, then I think we can still play our game with Mitro, but we do need to have that finishing ability because we just don't have it at the moment. And I think in the January transfer window, if a striker isn't kind of on the top of the list, 
or you know quality right winger then i'll be very surprised uh, but you know, we do need to get mitro scoring again because it's been he'll want to score i mean the guy is a that's that's his you know reason reason for being is goal scoring you know he's that's he will come back and he will get more uh get some form at some point but it's going to take uh him to get a run of games again because at the moment he just hasn't had that mm. chance well hopefully it will be against newcastle uh dom were you going to say one more thing before we kick on mate yeah i was just going to say i think we i think we missed kenny today as well actually um yeah as well as mitro i think if it if it was Mitro instead of Cav, and if it was Kay instead of um, Loftus Cheek, there's there's a player there who can hold the ball. Uh, it, it kept coming back. There was no there's no one up front today who who was bringing it down, who was holding it, who was looking around and creating chances. Um, and, and again, I keep going back to against teams at home where you're expecting to win or you should be winning. You you need a player who can hold the ball. Um, I didn't want to see us playing on the break today, which has ended up it ended up being. Um, I wanted us to, I wanted to see us take the game to them, and we just didn't. Four two three one instead of the sort of counter attacking five three two. Exactly yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What what are you going to say there, Morgs? I think you know, we go back to the wishing it played a counter attacking game, but I think that is the kind of game that we're seeing Parker implement full time now. Maybe not against someone like Sheffield United at home, but that is the style that we're playing with just as a security thing as much as anything, I think. Uh, especially as we're think getting into the arguably, busy Christmas season. Yeah. Well, I mean, would you say that arguably Parker got this actually right in a way to play with the 5-3-2 purely because you saw what Brighton were like. I mean, Brighton, although they're in a similar sort of position at the table as us, all the punditry, all the podcasts, all the sort of match of the days are saying how well Brighton are and how their position in the league is somewhat of a lie. Uh, they play really good attacking football. In a way, actually, Parker actually did this. It was the right call to play this defensively. It was really, I agree with what you're saying, that actually maybe this was the right way forward. And it was very nice also to hear all these pundits saying how well drilled we are and how much better we look compared to that fucking Aston Villa game. But do, do you think actually we got this wrong in thinking that we should treat it like they're one of the teams scrapping with us? No, because I think that style of play has resulted in goals and has sure. seen our you know uh, the amount conceded drop so i think yes ideally we would go for it and try and win two three nil but are we really good enough to be doing that against a team who are a solid side so rather than sort of get cocky and think oh we can smash them because we're at home we just had to be careful and we were very careful i mean obviously not for that first 15, 20 minutes of the second half, but we rode our luck, but we got away with it. And no, we didn't get a, get a goal, which is frustrating, but we didn't concede one either. And so whilst we should have won the game in terms of how our season is panning out, we, I don't think we are in a position to be saying we can play more attacking because this is a lesser team, because they're above us in the league. Therefore, technically, they're better than us. And therefore, we have to respect them in that way. I think maybe, you know, having Kearney back in there might have been, uh, you know, a positive move. But does he offer? I mean, he's played a lot better recently, but the position he was playing better in um, has, you know, Angisa, Reed, or Lamina coming in. 
and Loftus Cheek is just that spit stronger. And also another thing, if you bring Kearney back in, do you have to give him the uh, captain's armband again? Because I think Anderson has done an absolutely brilliant job as captain. And I think that's another of the reasons why we're potentially playing a lot better and a lot more organised because he's a lot more shouty on the pitch than uh, Kearney is. Um, you know, where to start? I, I mean, I, I think, I, I think, yeah, we should be, we should be looking to win this sort of game. I mean, if you ask, if you ask the Brighton fans before this game, they would have told you our defending is comical at the moment. We can't score any goals because we haven't got a proper striker. Um, they got they got smashed three 0 by Leicester when and you know we went up there and won two one. Yeah, <laughs> they they they're in they're in bad form. They're they're the team that everyone's looking at that are, are dropping down the league and in a real relegation fight. If if not them to to line up and try to beat, then who? That's my question. It's like it's fair enough being being solid and defensive. I I get that, but at some point we need to win games because points do us no good at this point at this moment in time. Uh, a draw at home gets us gets us to nine points, but we need a few wins fairly quickly if mm. we if we're going to get out of this get out of trouble. Um, so well, yeah, I, I just think I think we need we need to be looking to win these games. But I, th- I think I think we well, are set. The, the 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 system is set up to win games. It's just to win them in a slightly more uh, counter attacky style than perhaps our old system was, which was set up to win games. But we didn't because we were shipping so many goals. So but I think right. we are set up I mean, to win, but just in a very sort of more conservative fashion. Fair enough, I get that. But but the way the way Brighton set up was was similar. You know, three centre backs. Um, they were cagey to start with. They were expecting. They were, yeah. I think they were expecting more from us, and and it was them in the end who who took the game to us and should have won it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it should be the other way around. It's interesting, you know, because I mean, we are actually from that result. I didn't actually realize this. We're outside the outside the relegation zone again, which is good. We're seventeenth. Yeah, I mean, we only have two games a hand, game in hand. So. I mean, I I have faith. Just as I had faith that um, that um, Man City would see them off, um, I have oh no, not Man City. That was last night at West Brom. God, they're all creeping up now. Who was it that Burnley had a result? It was bloody Arsenal. Oh, Arsenal. No, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, but everyone yeah. everyone beats Arsenal now, except us. Well, except <laughs> us, except us. It's a shame. Well, I mean, look with everything in mind, lad. You've just said what would you, your Parker rating being really quickly before we turn to Newcastle briefly. I'll go to you first, Tom. T- difficult one. Um, I think I'm going to have to give a four. Hmm. That I'm, is surprisingly low, mate. We, for me, we weren't set up to win the game. It was very similar to the game against West Brom last year, where we really needed to win if we were going to get get into the top two, and we just never looked like trying to win. And I would have started started Mitro. Fair enough if he's injured. That that's one thing. But AK bringing AK on as a right wing back that knocks three points off his score. Surely, <laughs> <laughs> at least. Um, and even his subs really. Um, Mitro came on too late to really have much impact. Um, and the fact of the matter is, we should have lost that in that second half. And. I think that was. I think a lot of that is down to Parker for the players he picked and the style he wanted us to play today, counter-attacking against a team who were looking to do that themselves to us. 
I don't know. I I want us to go and win. And yeah, I I, I it falls harsh because it's a draw, but it's a draw that I think really does us no good. I think after the first half, I would have agreed with everything you're saying, but I think after I think that frazzling moment, frazzling twenty minutes of corner after corner and the disallowed handball goal and offside goal, I, I think after looking at all the chances and created, I'm actually very happy with the point. Looking at the table, as we said, but I know what you mean, and I feel like we could have definitely given it a stronger go for sure. But I, I think I'm going to give Parker a five for this, just to keep it a little balanced. What about you, Morgs? What would you give Parker? I was going to give him a six, um, and that's even with the um, the AK deduction. Uh, but he, the, the the team didn't. I didn't see any issue with the team. I think the the fact that Mitro was wasn't starting didn't wasn't an issue for me. I think. If he does have a bit of a knock, if he, you know, Parker didn't see him fitting the system for how he thought the game would go, fine. Uh, I do think he should have had a bit longer. Um, 15 minutes at the end of a game when you're trying to sort of grab a goal wasn't enough. And Loftus-Cheek was ready to come off, you know, a good 10 minutes or so before then. But I think that beginning of the second half, I think that was more down to the players than it was Parker's tactics. I think it was a bit sloppy. Their heads weren't quite ready for it. And they just, you know, they couldn't handle how quickly Brighton came at us. I don't think it's down to Parker. And well, maybe his team talk was crap at half time, but I don't think that was anything to do with this, um, you know, dodgy uh, tactics and selection. But it wasn't particularly inspiring. I mean, the whole game was drab, you know, a few bright spots, but it wasn't, it wasn't a great game. We can forget about this as soon as this pod's done. Um, and we move on to the next one, really. And I don't see there being a huge amount of changes <clears throat> against uh, Newcastle. Yeah. But I think there is a chance that, you know, he will look at this game and go, well, that's two points dropped because I'm sure he would have wanted to win that game. But Newcastle, it doesn't matter that's away because there's no one there. And I think we quickly sort of say, you know, how much different it was with no fans there. Because when you're scrabbling scrambling against a team like Brighton and there's no one to try and help G you up, that made a big difference as well. And I think maybe that's why they were looking a bit sluggish towards the end because, you know, whilst there are only 2,000 fans there uh, on Sunday, the noise really made a difference and the players felt it and everyone felt it and it was, that was just missing today. So I think the fact it petered out into a nil-nil draw may not have been the case if there had been fans in the ground. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, let's let's call it a day there, lads. And um, also wake up again and talk about Newcastle for a strong five seconds. All right. After this. Fulham. All right. Welcome back. This is going to be kind of a little brief, I think. Uh, let's talk about Newcastle. It is obviously in a few days time. Uh, look, they just lost 5-2 to Leeds United. Before that, they won 2-1 against West Brom. 1-2-0 against Crystal Palace. That was a good result them. And, yeah, I just, it's a strange one. They lost 2-0 to Chelsea before that. Newcastle, I, I feel like this is, I think this should be an easier game than Brighton, but I can't really be too sure. What are your thoughts on this, Dom? Do you think we can get a three points out of this? We can, yeah. Um, my, my worry is it's going to end up being a lot like it was today. Um, Newcastle being a side that, likes to soak up pressure and play on the break. Uh, us these days apparently also likes to be a team who soaks up pressure and plays on the break. So 
if there's no one actually attacking um there's no one to counter is there so i don't know i think it's it's always we have we have a good record there but that's that's completely irrelevant i think because different sets of players different managers different years so on and so on um they're a funny team i I watch them and i think they look crap um i can't quite believe they've got as many points as they've got um it might just be you know the the quality of player they've got in 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 the vital position to to do the job for them um callum wilson yeah you've got callum wilson who's had a bit of a spout with injury but he's He's around. He assisted one of their goals today. Um, Almiron, he's a good player. Dwight Gale, of course, he scored a fantastic header recently. They're, they're, they're good players there. Ryan Frazier, of course, as well. But I, I don't know. I feel like we have a good history of Steve Brewster and we can get something from this game. What are your thoughts on it, Hawks? I think, I think it's definitely a game that we... Sh- well, no, I'm not going to say that again. We shouldn't be winning it. We, we have a good chance of being Newcastle. They're a very hot and cold side. We, you know, we've won a few games up there. Um I think you know, looking at our record over time, we've only won once in the last few years, but we do have the ability to go up there and get a result because you know, you look at the Newcastle team, there's some decent names on paper there, but they don't seem to sort of click every game. Um and losing five mm. two is gonna be a bit of a demoralizing one. I know I think they had a bit of a um a COVID scare as well recently i don't know if they lost a few players because of that they you know the almiron you said he's a decent player i'm not sure if he played i think him as a sub uh but they've got joe linton who's got like three goals in 50 games or something playing up front at the moment Mm. and uh callum wilson yeah he's a decent player we have to be very careful of him but we should be at least scoring in this and given how well organized for the most part our defense is at the moment you know, if we came out with a one nil win, I'd be absolutely delighted with that. And even if it's you know smash and grab raid, but we you you look at Newcastle and go they're they're underachieving again, and obviously they they don't have the best manager. I mean, Steve Bruce, I think was unanimously booed, you know, on you know when he was uh, announced as manager, and I don't know if they actually sort of like him anymore these days. But no, I, hate him. I think with without the um, the crowd at St James's Park, that takes away a massive element of their of their ability essentially. Uh, because I mean, obviously the crowd is massive there. I'm glad you confirmed that actually, because I wasn't sure whether fans were being allowed at that um, that side of uh, of the UK, and that's good news because that would uh, I think that would really, royally scare our players. Yeah, up. Now, now you say that, I'm not. But even still, they, again, would only be 2,000 people. Whilst, you know, and 2,000 people in our stadium seems like a lot more than 2,000 people in St. James's Park because it's you know, yeah currently two and a half times the size that of what Point. Cottage holds. So, yeah, it's it does it will make a massive difference. And I think we've got a few days to recover now. We're recovering after a nil-nil draw. They're recovering after a 5-2 loss. So I think going into it, we're in a stronger position mentally. Uh, I just hope that, you know, we haven't come out with sort of too many injuries. I hope that Mitro is feeling fit and ready to go because I think against his old team, you know, that may, he may not be completely fitting our style of formation at the moment, but playing against your old team does count for a lot as players who play against us, who used to play for us generally find out because they always score. 
but I think we should be going into this game going, we can definitely get a result. A loss would be disappointing, but you know, a draw or a win is definitely within our grasp. So I think it is a very important game because Newcastle are getting dragged into it the same way Brighton are. So now I think it's time to go and make sure that we're in touch come Christmas. What are your thoughts, Don? Would you, so you would have Mitrovic in that uh, Loftus-Cheek role with Lookman up top in a sort of 5-3-2 again, or would you bring Kearney on, do a 4-3-1 uh, sort of vibe? Yeah, it's, it's tricky. I think... I think I think I want I want Mitro to play as Morgan said his, his old club. Um, he looked he looked good today. I think um, bring him on for Loft for Loftus Cheek and you know keep put put Cav on the right. I suppose um, it's it's this is a tricky one. It's a tricky one knowing who who to play. But I think Mitro's got 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 to have a go because we're really lacking in goals in goal threat. We really lacked yeah. in goal threat today. Um, uh, against Liverpool, we started well, but you know, one, once they turned the screw, then we again we were lacking in in chances. And he's the best finisher we've got, so we might it might be a game where we 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 get one or two chances and need to score them. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's time to bring him back. I have to say, I think this is the perfect to play Newcastle after the five-two against Leeds. I've got a very, I think this could be a game where we actually have our most convincing win of the season so far. I think we can really dominate them in this match. Uh, anything else you there, Morgan? Or I mean, we just learned actually about Sam Allardyce taking up West Brom. And, you know, we're talking about all these teams being brought into it. Do we think there are teams that are suddenly going to get pulled out of it now? I mean, Big Sam is a sort of the name on our lips as we all sort of talked about when Scott was having a terrible time the eight games in. I'd just like to know your thoughts. I think it's going to be a good thing for West Brom. I think the fans are going to hate the football, but I think he'll get the results. He he does do it. You know, whether you like him or hate him, I'm not sure anyone loves him. If you like him or hate him, you are probably going to see an upturn in fortunes there. There are only two points behind us. We lose at Newcastle. They yeah, win yeah. with the new manager bounce. They overtake us. So I think we do have to be wary of that. But at the end of the day, we can't be relying on other teams to do us favours by losing. We have to go and get the results ourselves and make sure that come May, June, whenever the season's due to end this year, uh, next season, uh, next year, that we have done enough ourselves to be putting distance between us and the relegation spots. I think the, man- the, uh, the new manager bounce will have an effect there. I think they don't have a particularly Definitely. good squad, but I think he has the ability to... Uh, corral the troops as it were but it won't last the whole season I don't think because I don't think they have a strong enough squad but we do have to be slightly wary that they don't pile on a few points and you know it therefore affects us looking up the table at them even if they then go on to lose a few games in a row. It is quite scary though because we sort of have to rely on Big Sam for the time ever relegating a, a club he's taken over for the season and, and that's that's quite a scary thought, isn't it, Dom? I know we should always be focusing on ourselves and not worrying about the teams around us, above us, or what have you. But the fact that we are now having to rely on something that's never happened before for a manager is, is quite daunting, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? It is. It is. But then that's why I've been I've been banging the drum, obviously. But that's why you you go for the win against teams like Brighton at home. I'm, sure. I'm sorry, but you know we we're 
I, I personally don't think it, Aladas will have much impact on West Brom. Um, their squad looks looks really poor, and I don't think he's a much better manager than Slaven Bilic. I think they've made a mistake. But we said that about Darren Moore, didn't we? So who knows? I mean, that seems <laughs> yeah. that seems strange at the time. Then you know they got they get promoted in second place the next season. So who knows? We we can't worry about them. Uh, I'm not particularly worried about them. Um, if we're to stay up, they'll be below us. It's as simple as that. All right, lads, let's have your score prediction really quickly before we wrap this up. Dom, what are you going for? One all. Oh, really? Oh. I, 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 I don't think... <laughs> getting, I'm getting scared here. But, okay, 5-1. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you made your bed. <laughs> no, genuinely, I, I can't... I can't see, I can't see us doing enough to win. Uh, I think it's going to be quite turgid. Uh, I think, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet because they've got a lot of some one good quality player up front um, who bangs in goals. And I don't, but I don't equally. I don't think they're that good to beat us. So there we go, one all. Oh, it'd be three games unbeaten though. What a time to be alive. Go on, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what your score well, I think the last couple of times I predicted a loss for us because we were playing uh, Man City and Liverpool. Uh, but I, I'm going to, I'm actually going to go positive on this. I'm going to say 2 1 Fulham, I think. Uh, I think we'll go, I think we'll go 2 0 up. And then Newcastle will get one back with a few minutes left. And it'll be hanging on by the seat of our pants. For the last few minutes and we'll come out smiling at the end of it fantastic all right i'm gonna i'm gonna say two nil i think it'll be a, a tom kearney brace that's what i think um what's the point of even asking best almost like, as insane that... as predicting a kamara goal yeah oh, <laughs> look look this is an optimistic oh, anyway. podcast because it's a fulham podcast but i'm not i'm not stupid uh <laughs> <laughs> Tom Kelly's probably not even gonna play. That was shit. Hold on, let me just say that again. Uh I and think it'll still have more chance than AK. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think it'll be 2-0. I think I think Mitro will score and I think Lookman will score. There, there you go. 2-0. Two 2-0 nil. Two nil to the shagging cottages. Let's go. Well look, it's been a great part. It's been it's been lovely to see your faces and talk to you. I feel like uh look if they seldom do us any many favours, Aston Villa, but if they can beat Burnley for us then we are in a good position, at least psychologically, to know that we're out of the relegation zone and can maybe go up and give Newcastle another pumping as Leeds have done. So that's all very good. Good. Let's call it a day there. All right. Thank you very much to my lovely co-host. Thank you for listening. If you like what we're here, please support us. We're on all social media outlets and we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. We will be back on Sunday. I believe it will be released today with a episode giving a full Newcastle reaction with Matt McClare and a couple of other people. Because <laughs> 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 there you are. Fulham. <laughs>